Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. What is happening? This is Fresh Hop Cinema, your favorite weekly podcast about movies and beer and four loco. I'm Max Minardi, and that's Johnny sure. Summers. Why not? This is Johnny Summers. We're here once again, uh, coming out on Tuesday. Today's Monday, right? Yeah, we'll see if it comes out on we'll Tuesday. We'll see. Uh, but hopefully you're hearing this on a Tuesday. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend and caught up with the Oscars. If you didn't, we're going to recap it, and we're going to drink some beers per usual and talk about some movies per usual. Uh, Johnny Summers, where can people find us on the internet if they want to? At Fresh Hop Cinema on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Untapped, and Letterboxd. You can also find us at FreshHopCinema.com, the lovely and beautiful website that young Maxwell made. And most importantly, due to our financial duress, you can find <laughs> us at Patreon.com slash sure. FHC. It's, you always say that. It's just, fresh, it's just Fresh Hop Cinema. Fresh Hop Cinema? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, that, I don't give us any money. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but thank you to all the people that do. It's yes. very cool. Yep, and last shout out, you're not getting any more for coming to an event and drinking your faces off. This is it. This is the last sure. one. Thank you for coming to that last Patreon event. It was a blast. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna do it. I think we're doing it every year. Stoutgasm is now locked in as yeah. a yearly occurrence. I want to do two parties a year. Me too. So we're going to work big out uh, like, a, like a fall, like a, win- like a winter and like a fall. Oh, you think fall or summer? Or like, what are we in now? We're in winter. Winter. Yeah, and, we're in winter. Yeah, we'll do a winter and a summer. Why I figured not? stouts in the winter, IPAs in the summer. Something like that. And we'll have cool stuff around it. Like this spring, we're doing a, uh, and I'm saying this officially because we are going to do it, a March Madness adjacent uh, beer elimination. Bracket. Bracket. Thank you. have you. to use that's a, that's a bracket. A trigger word. <laughs> Tournament. Tournament. Those kind of stuff. Yes. So that is where you can find us. Please yep. follow us on all the social medias. Also, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to get on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Rate and review us. Please. And subscribe. It helps us out quite a bit. Yeah. All that to say, welcome back. We're going to preface this whole episode with a little bit of backstory on what is happening right now. If you want to brag, now's the time. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So- I am amazing, and Max is dumb. Uh, fair enough. I mean, no, uh, <laughs> we had a bet. If you listen back, we've highlighted it a couple times uh, about the Academy Awards. We made a bet what a month ago, probably that one. The first part of the bet was Joaquin Phoenix was not even been nominated. You think this was a month ago? I don't know. This is October. Wow. Because I got back from my honeymoon. I, we just covered. Was those, it really? Yeah. The first, we took a month off. First movie we covered was Joker. I don't know what time is. Yeah. Uh, but we we reiterated the bet about a month ago. Okay. So yeah, the bet was from October. Apparently, sure. I don't. I live in a weird no, continuum. Fine. I don't know what's happening. Um, the bet was first part. Joaquin Phoenix would not be nominated for Best Actor. That yeah. was the first part of the bet. If yes. he is, you have to drink a Four loco. Yeah. If he's not, I have to drink a Four loco. Correct. So I won the first part of the bet. The second part of the bet, the kicker, if you will. If I you're will. Down, the second part of the two-part parlay is if Joaquin Phoenix wins Best Actor, young Maxwell will have to drink <laughs> not only one Four loco before we begin, <sighs> but one while we are recording. And ladies and gentlemen, <sighs> what happened last night? Uh, yeah, he won. And I, I was watching, I, we both said, by the way, that we weren't going to probably watch the Oscars. We, we, we don't have cable, yeah. but I signed up for like Hulu TV or something, which if I don't cancel in the next like seven days, it's going to be like $60 a month that I don't want to pay. Cause I don't watch TV. Yeah. Um, but I was so excited when we were watching the Oscars and, and Joaquin did win for best actor. And you just sent me a, a screenshot of his face from the Joker smiling in a creepy way. And I just mm-hmm. busted up laughing. <laughs> uh, cause, cause you were right. He did win. And, and the first half of that bet, I was like, you know, maybe he will get nominated, but let's have some fun. I right. did not think he was going to win. <laughs> that said, um, 
because the list of when we'll get into this more, but it was Antonio Banderas, Leonardo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, Joaquin and Jonathan Price. And like, there's some good performances in there, but I don't like the movie Joker that much, but I thought he did a good job. Sure. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, how could he possibly have won? Which is the kind of stance you should have. If you make a two, four, low, an eight loco bet, you should be like, there's no way. And I was like, even when I made the bet, I was like, he might win this. Dude. Why, why did I do this? Is my, <laughs> my point. Yeah. And I don't know why. And it was a very victorious moment for myself last night because I was yeah. streaming the Academy Awards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, I smiled inside. It yeah. gave me a sick and deep pleasure. Yeah. yeah. So, so far, he has consumed one four loco of you the. Don't sell yourself short. You took a gulp off the top out of solidarity. I for did. Me, which I was took, very kind. I opened it. I took a knee and I said, "This one's for you, Max." And said, "Go, go, 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 go." Yeah. So I, I did probably six to eight ounces of that. No, you didn't. I, That's like this much. I took a pretty solid. Few I don't ribs. know. Who knows? Yeah, and I'm not taking. No, the that's second a, one. yeah. I wouldn't let you. It's mine. Yeah, that's a horrible that's sound, the sound of in a people's full, ears full right now. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah. we're going into this. The, Correct. The, the bet was, and he's a man of his word Thank that you. he would drink a four loco before we start recording. Yes. And before this episode's over, he will have consumed an entire other four loco and hopefully not died. Uh, this is your own fault that I'm about to make this joke because I blame it partially on this. But what I will call this for the rest of the show is the B four loco. <laughs> so be the F four loco. F four loco. I don't love that one either. Post four. Local. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I don't know. Um, let's uh, let's crack open an actual beer though, because we got to get this show on the road. Yes. Do you have an empty glass? I do. I am ready. Um, so you picked out this one, um, and I know we have a couple of things to cover in terms of um, brewery response, which is always super fun. Um, but how why don't you, you tell me? What how it did is you first? say to open this thing again? Should we actually look it up uh, before you? Op- it's about to open itself, so uh-oh. just heads up. Uh, tell me what this is called first, where it's from, this and we'll get into the specifics. Country Wizard. Brett Super Saison from Little Beast Brewing. Yeah, Little Beast is not is not their first appearance on the show. We did uh, remind me, Johnny. What did we do a couple weeks back? It was called Hot, Months. Hot Break. It was uh, something tart and delicious and refreshing. Sure, we uh, both liked it. Yeah, and I saw this at Final Gravity in Roseville a while back. Yep. And for the low price of seven forty nine. Yeah. For something relatively rare in our area, figured. It's totally worth it. So let's go to our email and see yeah, what sure. Mr. Charles Porter, the founder and brewmaster of Little Beast, has to say about this beer and how to open it. Well, he says, thanks for the opportunity to have our beer on your show. Uh, thank you for making the beer, Charles. Uh, he says, first off, about Country Wizard, it's very, it's a very carbonated product. It seems many people have had issues pouring it. That said, it's right where I like it. I have had complaints because some folks will abruptly open the bottle and sit it down, not pour the beer immediately. Johnny, here's my glass just in case we go that route. Okay. Um, he said, I can send you a video of my preferred pouring method. And later in the email, he actually broke it down for us just mm-hmm. in case. But he says of the beer, it's a super saison at 8.5% alcohol by volume. It undergoes primary fermentation with saccharomyces and secondary with house Britannomyces they use. Uh, and I'd like to know more about that. Uh, it has a decent hop bill, but is balanced so that the Brett character can really show through. It's inspired by the beers of Belgium and the earthy fruity Bretts uh, that give it a touch of uniqueness. The higher ABV leaves a bit more of the, quote, goodies behind to enhance the flavors. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm hearing st- words that I don't like. I'm stoked on this beer. Saison throws me off. Brett throws me off a bit. I'm, I'm predicting that this is probably a pretty well-made beer, just given the care with which he described the process in the beer itself. But I don't think I'm going to like this because I don't historically like this style. All right. We're about to find out. I'm going to give it the old gentle, yeah, gentle open. The gentle open and the immediate pour. Pour it, I got you. Oh, we're fine. This is a lovely looking beer. Oh, it's very fermented. I see what he meant. But yeah, it's... 
you mean very fermented? I'm sorry, carbonated. carbonated. And this is what he's talking about. You got to watch the head, but we got it. Poured like an expert. Thank you. Uh, so Johnny's pouring a lovely golden, almost orangey looking liquid with that is certainly more head than uh, body, I guess, yep. at this point. Um, mine's, you poured that very well. Thank you. But certainly very carbonated. Um, yeah. So that's going to chill out for a minute. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to try it. I'm hoping, because I think over the past maybe year or so, maybe a year and a half, we've made a conscious effort to bring on more beers that, at least me, uh, I wouldn't love necessarily, but we've done some hoppy saisons and some um, sweeter farmhouse ales that have kind of won me over. Yeah. So I'm hoping this will be in that in that wheelhouse. I feel like not only have won you over, that you actually genuinely enjoyed. For I sure. I remember there was one particular from Prairie that you really liked. Yeah. It was a, a dry hopped or a tart farmhouse, I yeah, believe. Yeah, totally. And that was really good. Mm-hmm. That was one of those ones like, I would, I would reach for that again, so... Um, so I think I'm just going to go first because you have a little bit more, uh, well, I have a little bit more real estate in my glass than you do. Um, but it smells like a standard Saison to me. Uh, very, very heavy on kind of the, uh, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not earthy, but like farmhousey kind of yeah. flavors. I wish I had a better descriptor of that, but, um, yeah, very tart and kind of pointed, um, kind of like a, like a sourness, like a wet hay. Yeah, I always feel like that's that's sort of a negative connotation, but I don't think that's true. Um, but certainly earthy in in a in a farmy kind of way. Oh, that's delicious. You like it? That's really good. What are you getting? Is it as carbonated as it looks? Um, not as much. I think mm. a lot of it comes out. The liquid itself is actually not super super carbonated. Um, that's nice though. Yeah, we have drinking it nice and cold. Uh, it's it's got a nice crisp body. It's really refreshing. It's like highly quaffable, I would say. Yeah, man. The, the tartness that I'm sort of afraid of is actually pretty muted. Mm-hmm. It's relatively round, which I enjoy. So I feel like so often you can get these ones where it's just like, especially with the Brett forward kind of beers, which is like, blammo. Yeah. Just suck on that for a long time. And it, it kind of leaves me with like a dry but unsatisfied sort of mm-hmm. feeling. Um, Are you dry and unsatisfied? <laughs> yeah. Don't drink Saison's. Um, this is really good. This is really good. I like it. It kind of hits you with uh, an abrupt bitterness mm-hmm. at first, which is like it's super dry and sure. bitter, and then it like it rounds out. It's it's really nice. Yeah, it's still not my favorite style. It didn't kind of didn't win me over in that respect, but it is way more drinkable than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And we should talk about the the label a little bit because there's something very unique about it's it. It's real cool. It's got like a very 1970s retro vibe yeah. with like the uh, fluorescent orange, like gold on fluorescent mm-hmm. orange. It reminds me of uh, a wall in my house. Oh, really? When I was young. Oh, okay. I was like, I've been to your house. No. I grew up in a a double wide up in Michaelia. Sick. It came with orange walls. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I remember as a kid, like one of them wasn't painted. Like it was just still Mm. orange. And it was like that color orange. Sure. Uh, well, Johnny, would you, I know we're going to mostly avoid this, but show that too if anybody's watching on our Facebook live feed. That's kind of what the bottle looks like. Um, if you are not watching on Facebook and just listening to the normal podcast, you can check it out on our Facebook feed if you want to see it. Or you can check out Instagram and all that jazz because yeah. Johnny posts pictures on it. I'm going to take pretty, pretty pictures of it and so post you know. it to our particularly popular Keep going. posts <laughs> on the pervasive, somewhat oh. provocative sure. page, page of Instagram. Very very good. Thank you. Um, anything else you want to point out about this beer? Do you want to just kind of get moving on it and rate um, it? It's super well made. I really like it for just a super accurate representation of like the style. I mean, this is a textbook what it is. 
Um, you know, I love the the super part of it where they added sure. that secondary. Uh, and you were saying you wanted to learn more about what the the second yeast being introduced. A lot of oh, times sure. that'll happen when they'll have like beer in a barrel. And then they transfer it to another barrel for either different flavors or size or what have sure. you. And then they add, introduce another um, bacteria. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like lactobacillus or what was the other one? Uh, Brett's in this case yeah. or the uh, Saccharomyces. Saccharomyces. So yeah. yeah, a lot of times that'll happen because like you can do that with a barrel in a barrel. You can ferment it like mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. times, just pitch different yeast to it. Right. So it's, it's cool. crazy. It's a, it's a process, man. But. I like it. Yeah. I think it is really drinkable. And I think it's a great price for something that's super well made. And uh, it's a f- like a foreign style. You know, it's not something that a lot of people in America are like knocking out of the park. So that's fair. Yeah. I, I dig it, man. I think if you're a fan of this traditional style or if you're kind of on the fence, this would be a good one to try to see if you want to dip your toes. It's not too heavy on the notes i'm not going to say they're bad notes but they are the notes of this style of beer that would potentially turn people off to it certainly you and i i think those notes being like the quote-unquote barnyard like tasting like a cow whatever you know <laughs> uh, those are very muted yeah, in this a, beer the steak flavor yeah and i think this is a very approachable beverage yeah. for like an everyman that maybe okay. just likes craft beer but isn't super into this style yeah i mean the everyman thing kind of i would almost disagree with but maybe the everyman of craft beer. I guess that's what you're saying. Maybe but we know different everyman. Maybe. I th- what I thought you were going to say, my, my brain finished your sentence before you did, which is like the everyman beer drinker. And this I don't think is for that no, person. But like but, a craft. But maybe for craft, yeah. It's still got those flavors that I don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. I think they're, they they are there, but like I said, they're in a, a palatable mm-hmm. form. Yeah. So. Uh, it, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a well-made beer. If Just, you're out there slugging triple IPAs, you can try this and be fine. Or Four Locos. Or Four Locos. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, let's rate it, though, shall yeah. we? It's like a 7, 8 for me. It's a really... That's really high. It is. It's a really well-made beer, and uh, stylistically, it's spot on. It's exactly as advertised, and I think it's a great version of what it is. So okay, I would recommend. Fair. Uh, just want to re- reiterate, if you haven't heard the show, we, we do tend to rate these um, both stylistically and... Uh, personal preference. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to agree with you. Well-made, drinkable, approachable, quaffable, dare I say. Ooh. Not my favorite thing. Yeah. And that's just a personal thing. So I'm going to give it a six. And all, right. all six of those points come from how well it's made. And the four missing are just my own personal opinions. That's fair. So that's where I'm at. That is, you know, you can only judge off of what you feel in your heart of hearts, Max. Yeah. That's Country Wizard. Little Beast. Check it out if you can. Uh, is it around Chico? Do you know? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, furthest or the closest I've seen it's been in like Sacramento, yeah. Louisville. All right. Uh, or if you're ever in Portland, which doesn't make a lot of sense. You think if it's going down, that happens geographically so often. Just skip over us. Yep. Yeah. Stuff will come from like up north, like uh, L.A. gets Fremont distribution. Oh, really? In Seattle. Huh. And and we don't. And we don't. Yeah. Hi. Bye. Like the trucks yeah. drive by. You know, I bet you if it's if it's Seattle to L.A., it's probably a plane or no. Oh. Can you take beer in a plane? We talked about this before too. Yeah, I'm the sure pressurized you, yeah. cargo stuff. I think you can. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I've taken beer on a plane. There you go. So I guess it works. Hundred percent. Moving right along. Moving right okay. along. Uh, so coming back around to the Oscars, mm-hmm. uh, we've only really sort of religiously followed them for three or f- three years, mm-hmm. right? Basically, as long as the show has existed. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't for me until last year that I was really, really off put by them. Mm. when uh, Green Book won instead of uh, Roma or Black Klansman yeah. or any number of movies that I think we both agreed were better than at least that. We disagree on Green Book, but we both agreed that there are movies better than that that probably should have won. Hell yeah. 
So we have our ballots in front of us. We all made predictions. Uh, the we all did. Us. All, all two of us. Everyone in this room. I mean, I don't want to go through all of them necessarily. We did do an Oscar prediction thing on our Patreon. So if you're interested in that, um, give us a buck a week and you can have all sorts of free extra content. Yeah. But I would be curious to know, Johnny, um, which categories, if any, stuck out to you as, um, you know, wild cards, like what was never going to happen, uh, but did. And let's say best picture aside for now, because that seems like what we should end with. Though it was uh, Parasite. Yeah. I don't know who doesn't know that. Probably everybody. <laughs> At this point. Does know it. Um, I, uh, surprise kind of, but also I was just very happy yeah. that uh, Jojo Rabbit, i.e. Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. won Best Adapted Screenplay. Sure. Uh, I know he didn't win anything else, but I feel like it was super validating and I loved that he got an award and I loved his speech. Sure. And I was honestly a little bit surprised that he won because it was definitely yeah, not bit. like an Oscar favorite going in. No. Um, what did you have? So we, we fill out our ballots uh, with what we wanted to win. And then what we thought would win. What did you have under adapted screenplay? I wanted Jojo Rabbit to win, and I had uh, Joker winning. That feels feels good. I I had um, the Irishman winning mm. um, with Little Women as my should win. The Irishman got snubbed. I guess so, dude. Completely, like a lot though, huh? I loved Chris Rock's joke at the beginning. I actually missed the intro. I couldn't get it <laughs> so going. So Chris Rock was like, "Martin Scorsese's here." Martin, I loved the first season of The Irishman. Yes. I still, I meant to finish it too. I thought maybe I could get it in this week. And then I had six shows this week. I was like, maybe I'll finish the Irishman yeah. before the Oscars. You're never going to watch it. Probably not. Quiet. Probably not. You're not. And so, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, it was like best picture was a huge surprise. Other than that, none of these were really, I mean, the ones that Paras- Parasite won were kind of surprising. My God. Four. Yeah. Parasite won four awards. I don't think anyone was expecting them to win four. No. I think most people had Parasite winning, um, obviously, Best Foreign Language Film, and then maybe Best uh, Director. Yeah. Uh, and it won double that, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. I was saying to, to my wife when we were watching it last night, because Best Picture is the last thing announced, I was like, if, if Parasite wins, that, which is, there's no way it will, but if it does, it's, this, is a, this is a historical thing, which I am so grateful that I actually decided to watch it last night. It's the first foreign language film to ever win Best Picture. Isn't that crazy? Ever. Yeah. Ever. You know, and I was saying um, about uh, Joaquin Phoenix, like by the time Oscars came around last night, I'd seen his speech at the BAFTA Awards, Mm -hmm. which is insane. Like he's just basically going up in all of his, because he's won like three things now. He's just going on stage being like, hey, thanks, but also this is all bullshit, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is such a bold move. By the t- right before they announced the lead actor, I was like, you know, if he wins, I'm happy to drink these four locos because his speech is going to be pretty cool. And it was. Yeah, it lost me a little bit. Got a little deep when he started talking about cows. He got very viscerally graphic with it, which again, like, you know, yeah. you're, you're right. But I mean, you're right. Good you're right. for you. Yeah. 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 If you're into that sort of thing. Sure. I mean, hey, I kind of agree. I don't drink milk either, Joaquin. You, different reason, though. Different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyways- I think the Oscars were pretty good this year. They made me, they restored my faith in them that I had lost last year yeah. for at least another season. Totally. You know? Well, and I've, I've read a lot and uh, the consensus is that they kind of, you know, fuck up for a few years in a row and then, just then kind of reset. they'll get it way right. You know, and I've also read some things like, oh, Parasite won just because they needed diversity. And I'm like, eh, I have to see the movie first. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, just, right, that's kind of a crummy thing to say. Of course it is. Um, which is actually sort of the jadedness I was going in because I actually thought that Cynthia Erivo I was gonna say was gonna win for Harriet and Harriet sucks. sucks. I hate that movie. They let her sing a song. 
which was actually really, really good. It was. Um, and I don't remember that song being that good in the movie, but maybe I was distracted by the badness of but the movie. Um, but I, she was good. She was just given uh, kind of how I feel about um, actually a lot of these people, but like you can have a great performance, but you can only be as good to some extent as the material you're given. Yeah. Like she's, she's great. great she's actress. great. And Harriet was so, I don't know. It's one of those movies where it's like, it was blase. If you buy into yeah. sort of the supernatural, supernatural stuff about it, yeah. which a lot of people did um, and do, which is fine. Then you're going to be much more on board. But if you don't, the entire movie crumbles. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's a good movie. I'm really happy. It didn't win anything. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it was only nominated for that. She was the only one nominated, I think. I was also pulling for Lighthouse in cinematography. Yeah. Just like the sheer just craziness that has to happen for that movie to look the way it did, which you have not caught up with yet. No. You got us down too. I will. Um, just I, crazy. Yeah. But it makes sense it went to 1917. Roger Deakins. I, cool cinematography. I do have a bone to pick. Go. That uh, complete snub for Midsommar. They, in fact, during the opening like musical sequence... They had like a tribute to it. They all got, they all came out in like midsummer, like covered really? in flower capes. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, right. it's good enough to spoof the mm-hmm. beginning, but could you nominate it for, you know, costume design? Anything? I don't know about costume design, but, but like, you know, anything. Original screenplay there would be fine with me. Same with us. Yeah. Come on, man. Us. Yeah. Cause uh, uh, that guy won what? Everything a couple Jordan years Peele? ago? Yeah. Uh, Forget Out, probably. Yeah, yeah. Forget Out. He won a bunch of Academy Awards. But yeah. But the fact that Lupita Nyongo wasn't, even nominated for best actress for for her role as uh, Red. Yeah, and I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, that was a that, great. That role. rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, really hard. Well, and I'd like to see the the film that's behind us, The Last Black Man. Oh, that why on earth would that not be nominated for best screenplay? Or nobody, saw, screenplay? nobody saw it. They didn't have the budget to get in front of many people. Mm. The fact that I saw it at the pageant once or for the first time was incredible. Yeah, love the pageant. It's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, respect. You got to see that movie. I own it already. You can watch what. It. Well, on the last black man. I watched it with you in the theater. You did? Yeah. I don't know if I was with you, but I saw it at the pageant. I could have sworn that you no, were saying. we covered it on the show. I covered it on the show. We covered it on the show. I watched it. You the... want a better four look on yeah, it? Yeah, I do. I don't want to. I can't I'll, do that anymore. I'll, tonight. Um, I could have sworn that you said a few weeks back that because of this poster, when we talked about our top tens of the year, I showed you my top ten, and that was number one. You're like, wow, I really got to see it because it's your top No, your it was, I forgot about it. Oh, maybe you said rewatch? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But no, I for sure I watched it at the pageant. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was beautiful. I definitely saw it myself because I skateboarded there that night. Yeah. Which like resonated so hard with me because of all the skating in that movie. I was just like, I put on the soundtrack when I skated home after like two torpedoes at the mm-hmm. pageant. It was the perfect oh, great one. Hell yeah. Great movie. Yeah, but I would have loved to have seen that for either I don't remember if it was a, like a screenplay or adapted screenplay, but like the writing in that. I'm yeah. not smart, but like sure. That should have been nominated for something. Yeah, dude. Also, and, like, I'm I'm still kind of mad about Scarlett Johansson not winning for either Jojo Rabbit or Marriage Story. Anything. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think she was great. I thought she was great in both, but yeah. I think Jojo Rabbit, the only part of that movie that really brought a lot of gravity to it was her kind of role mm. in, in so far as it kind of stretches out throughout the whole movie. And she, like, nothing. I don't That seems wrong. Because who won instead of her? Laura Dern. In that same category? Mm. Best supporting? Laura Dern. Uh, no, I'm looking at Lee. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's actually fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Renee, do you, you didn't see Judy, right? No. Yeah. I wish I would have. There's a couple of these categories. I didn't make predictions because I hadn't seen them. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. That's tricky. Well, that's Overall, our, that's our Oscar recap. That's, that's the recap. Yeah. 
We did uh, it. Yeah, you want to go to break and we come back and maybe talk about one of the two movies? Which one do you want to do first? Do you want to do yours or mine? Let's take a break. We'll figure it out and we'll uh, we'll come back with some not spoilers though. Whatever movie it is, we're covering two and we're not spoiling them. Yes. All right. Sounds good. Let's go to break. Be right back. If you're feeling blessed enough to go treat your family to a delicious meal and maybe treat yourself to some delicious grapes that have been fermented uh, or perhaps a nice craft beer, you should head on down to the Handlebar. They've got a happy hour that runs seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's right. Every day from 2 to 6 p.m., you get a dollar off all of their craft beers. They also have a huge wine selection, tons of great cocktails, and a delicious food menu. Check them out. They're at 2070 East 20th Street right here in Chico. Be a saint. Treat your friends. Treat your family. Go on down to the Handlebar. Check out the patio. You can bring your dogs. They're holier than you. What is that plant? It's oregano. Your gardener gave it to me. You're very popular. I just try to be myself. Whenever I try to be myself, people don't seem to like me very much. Confidential church documents were allegedly leaked to the press. Alleging corruption and misconduct among the clergy. I hope this business is not too distressing. Does a shepherd run away with the wolves up here? We are moving in directions I can no longer condone. I've struggled to do what must be done, but I've lost. Hopes can't resign. If you do this, you will damage the papacy forever. I can no longer sit on the chair of St. Peter. You are mistaken. You are silence. I cannot play this role anymore. There's a saying, God always corrects one pop by presenting the world with another pop. I should quite like to see my correction. Cuando tenga la tierra, la tendrán los Reform needs politician. The most important qualification for any leader is not wanting to be leader. It's not me who needs to be satisfied. It's 1.2 billion believers. You're the right person. Church needs to change and you could be that change. It could never be me. The grand doors have slammed shut and will remain so till the next pope has been chosen. From that balcony up there, Nothing is static in nature, not even God. Where should we find him if he's always moving? On the journey? Oh, perhaps we'll find God over there on the journey. I'll introduce you to him. You must remember that you are not God. You're only human. What a trailer it was. For a film called The Two Popes, it was directed by, I hope I get this right, Fernando Mieres, uh, written, uh, well, based on a play written by Anthony McCartan called, and I have it right in front of me here, uh, The Pope, colon, Francis, Benedict, and the decision that shook the world. This was an Oscar-nominated uh, Oscar film that we'll get into in just a minute, uh, starring Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price, who you will know from lots of stuff once you see their faces. I do think that Jonathan Price looks exactly 
freakishly like the person he is portraying. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say from the get-go, we're not going to spoil this because I have not seen it yet. We're doing two movies today and Johnny hasn't seen one. I haven't seen this one. Um, So we're not going to spoil it, but I do want to know some stuff. Um, Johnny, maybe just kind of maybe tell me the Academy Awards it was nominated for, um, what you kind of expected going in, how much you knew about this movie, and kind of what your overall vibe was once you saw it. All right. So first of all, this movie went 0 for 3 last night at the Academy Awards, losing in all three categories it was uh, in, which were lead actor Jonathan Price, supporting actor Anthony Hopkins, and adapted screenplay from, as Max mentioned, Anthony McCartan. Mm -hmm. So it didn't win anything, but should it have? That is the question. Yeah. Uh, Not qualified to speak on that. I'm done making Oscars predictions. (laughs) It lost. It's over. Deal with it. All right. Was it a good movie? So, you already asked me different questions, and I was trying to answer I was answer trying those. to keep it going. You were burping, so I figured I'd fill the silence. <laughs> uh, what did I expect, and what did I know? How much did I know? I knew less than nothing about this movie. No, that's not true. I knew it was about at least one pope, but guessing from the Likely title. Likely two. Probably two, somehow. <laughs> I didn't know that there could ever be two popes at one time. They get into that. It's, wow. it's fascinating stuff. So, I expected... Uh, a movie about church, and uh, I expected to absolutely hate it because uh, I am not the biggest not fan the of, of not the churchiest of not the churchiest of fellows, not yeah. the biggest fan of the old organized religiosity. Sure. So, uh, and if you are good for you, whatever helps you get through the day, no judgment here. Uh, but personally, not super stoked on it, uh, and I went in with a blind eye, really not knowing much about what the story was or what it was about, what it was supposed to be. To be perfectly honest, the first 20 minutes absolutely lost me. I almost turned it off and bought myself a third Four loco for this show. <laughs> Fair. Um, stuck with it. Uh, Jonathan Price, Anthony Hopkins are both completely, dare I say, like magnanimous actors. They are just both such presences on screen that like you can't not watch what they do. Uh, you might not buy into it, but eventually the characters that they are portraying envelop your psyche and pull you in in a way that you're just invested Uh, i think this movie was pretty well written and it was well adapted let's say from a screenplay or a a play it was a play it was a play into a screenplay play into a screenplay yeah into your hearts dare i say so i liked it Uh, i didn't think i would but i ended up feeling pretty good about the experience uh and the story was told in an interesting way uh, there was a bit of conjecture and liberties taken as far as some of the behind-the-scenes conversations that these two had, uh, but they based the writers based a lot of the the conversations that they had in private on their stances politically and uh, about on the writers' stances or on re- the Pope's stances. Um, the the Pope's uh, stances. Got it. About certain issues, and they basically wrote it in a way of like, well. We know what this guy thinks, and we know what this guy thinks about this subject. If they were to talk about it behind closed they doors, might say how do we think this would go? Right. So a lot of it was liberty, but uh, the end result was pretty was obviously accurate to history. And also, from everything that I've read since viewing this, the portrayals of both men by Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins were pretty true to form, and they were fairly accurate to their their personality and their beliefs and their their contrasting personalities. So in that regard, it was pretty pretty interesting to watch. So what was this movie about? This movie was about, I have to look up their names. The Hang on one sec. Uh, Jonathan Price plays George, I think it's Jorge. George, yeah, they changed their names. Uh, they Mario become, become Bergoglio. He's, all, he's known in the movie as um, Cardinal Bergoglio. Bergoglio. 
Uh, anyways, he would later become Pope Francis, our sure. current pope. So that's who he was portraying. I'm just going to say Pope Francis sure. going forward. And then Pope Benedict. And yes. then Pope Benedict the Sixteenth sure. was portrayed by Anthony Hopkins. So this whole movie centers around the question of whether or not uh, a church should adapt in current times to new expectations or hold fast to kind of long-held traditions and old ways. And these two men were from massively contrasting schools of thought, uh, one very conservative, one very forward-thinking and very liberal-minded as far as inclusivity, like gays and divorced people, just... Yeah, I mean, the Catholic example. Church, if you don't know, is is like historically very, very stringent on this stuff. So the Pope, I'm just saying from my own experience, you're like, uh, Pope Francis comes along and is like, we should, you know, like maybe not condemn people as much. Yeah, so this this whole movie centers around the relationship between these two men and the circumstances which which they meet. Mm-hmm. So uh, before he was Pope, uh, Bishop or Cardinal, whatever... Sure. Jonathan Price's character. Sure. It's there's That's, so many different titles. It's hard yeah, to keep them and all names straight. change in a lot of those. Yeah, so, yeah, stick so with, I'm just gonna fine. say Jonathan Price uh, wanted to quit the church. He wanted to retire early, and he put in his papers to retire. And basically, it was because he didn't like the way things were going. Right. With you know the whole you know um, abuse, child abuse, pedophilia, That's a big one, lots of things going on, and the exclusivity of the church of like not giving communion to people that have been divorced. And mm-hmm. he just didn't like a lot of the way these things were going. And his, um, the person he's portraying, and from what I've read, is pretty true to form, is more of a, a hands-on, no-frills kind of guy. Like, doesn't like fancy clothes, always refused to live in the bishops and priests, like, chambers. He wanted yeah. to live, like, at the church. It was So he's more of, like, a, a humble guy and uh, wanted to retire. And Anthony Hopkins' character, the more traditionalist, uh, very staunch, kind of conservative-type character, doesn't want things to change, feels like the old ways are the best ways, and all this type of thing, actually wants to step down himself. And he wants this guy, uh, played by Jonathan Price, to kind of take over. That's the whole thing. Is like you can't right. you can't retire because I yeah, want you, can't you to step down, right? Uh, you can. It oh. happened once in the 15th century. Okay. Um, there's a precedent for it. He cites it. <laughs> is that it. a precedent? He cites he cites it, and okay. then Jonathan Price in the movie's like, "You think people aren't going to be mad because this happened once 700 years ago? Yeah, like that's not a, like, that's not a precedent. No, it's, it's um, an anomaly. So it's it can be done. Uh, it's very rare. It was in fact very rare. So, sure. Um, he, yeah, Anthony Hopkins wants this guy to take over, right? Because he kind of thinks that the church needs a new direction and he knows he's not the guy that can take it there. Hmm. And um, he met with him, Anthony Hopkins character met with uh, Jonathan Price to like kind of get to know him and stuff. And at one point in the movie, he says like, I haven't heard God talk in many, many years. And the only times I've heard him talk are the last two days when I was with you. Hmm. So he caught like this inspiration from him to like push towards change. So he, uh, ended up resigning, and then the Pope is now the Pope. Mm. I mean, it's not really a spoiler because it's history. Yeah, like you know, you know who the Pope around, is. Yeah. So, like, I feel is it is it safe to ask if there are there spoilers in this movie? I don't think so. Okay, I mean, you outside of maybe like the uh, the um, sort of projected kind of not I guess liberties. Yeah, like writing liberties. You're saying they mm-hmm. they were kind of like 
what if these guys yeah. had this conversation? Like we can, we can assume this is where they would have ended up kind of thing. Yeah. In a New York times article, the writers actually quoted themselves, you know, in quote the, mm-hmm. to quote the authors, they did take a bunch of liberties and a lot sure. of it was conjecture. Okay. Um, the story historically in itself is true, you know, to like the chain of events, but yeah, all the behind the scenes stuff was pretty uh, much Liberty driven, but I liked the interaction and you know, sure. you kind of hope it went down like that, but uh it was an interesting story about kind of the old guard of a, you know, following of religion with 1.2 mm-hmm. billion followers and like a, a changing of hands and kind of a out with old ideas and in with new ideas. And the fact that someone was wise enough to know that they needed new direction and they were humble enough to know that they weren't the one to bring it mm-hmm. and that maybe mm-hmm. someone else had better ideas than them. And that they should lead, I think, is a, was a really interesting thing when it comes to, yeah. to Pope Benedict the Sixteenth leading into to Pope Francis. Is it Francis? Yeah. What yes. struck me about this was uh, realizing when I was doing a little bit of research that it's rated PG thirteen, and yeah. I wonder why. What what in this could could be make it not appropriate for all ages? Uh, I mean, there was a, a pretty serious talk about pedophilia and and abuse on the part of priests and the Pope's uh, responsibility for it, things like that. So, oh, really? Like almost like condoning it in a way? Uh, not doing enough to prevent it and things like that. So they get into some pretty heated discussions that involve some pretty uh, graphic and um, hard to hear stories about abuse and gotcha. things like that. And also there's a bit of uh, Pope Francis before he was Pope had a very interesting life in Argentina. Mm-hmm. And he was in like there was a civil war happening there and there was some portrayals of violence in that. So um, just a, a few little things. Fair enough. Yeah. We're peppered in. Sure. But a little hard to hear for children. That said, when I was in uh, Catholic high school, we had to watch, I think we watched it twice. um, The Passion of the Christ. Oh. Which is a hard R, a lot of torture. Um, And it's interesting to look at the context of the rating system when it comes to things that can be as kind of close to home as like religion stuff. Because on one hand, parents might be inclined to uh, almost look the other way because it's such a strong issue. But here it sounds less like um like in in the passion it's very much like that's the son of god being tortured mm-hmm. and like if you watch it it's to understand kind of that struggle and here it's like this is less um metaphysical it's like these are just people raping kids like mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't show our kids that right but it's to, it almost seems more important yeah because regardless of belief systems like we can all agree like that is happening mm-hmm. so maybe we address that exactly yeah which and, is very nice and pope francis has some pretty strong feelings about that i'm and sure he seems like the kind of guy that you would want to lead um nice. and a lot of his whole thing is just um actually doing what people should and like living right mm-hmm. whether it's like doing kind of like living the golden rule or like you know he quotes sure Jesus, quite a few times. Like great guy to quote. A lot uh, of good, a lot of good ideas. Yeah, because at one point, kind of topical to the world we live in right now. But Benedict was talking about, you know, we need walls. Walls are strong. You don't build a oh, house sure. without walls. And, sure. And uh, Francis says, uh, "I only read about Jesus breaking bread and feeding people. I don't remember him building many walls. Yeah, just stuff like that. Where it's, it's like, ooh, it's like, oh, like snap. you yeah. can be a Christian and also have facts and logic. Like, I mean, this is a pope that I think in the past has has." pretty black and white criticized Donald Trump for sort of his exclusivity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but like sort of othering of people. Exclusion. Exclusion. Thank you. And it's in like, he will quote scripture. Like Jesus says like, uh, I'm not going to get this right, but it's like 
bring me your uh, your poor and you're hungry and like take care of the downtrodden. Like that's the Statue of Liberty. Sure. Yeah. Right. Or the Statue of is both. Bring me your weak. You're hungry. You're, is that right? Yeah. That's, that you, the, Statue that's the Statue of Liberty. I feel like it's in the Bible too. Probably or something like it. Yeah. It's like you know? like a lot of these the the because because I think most of us would agree that there are um, downsides. You like kind of how you started off to organized religion. A lot of it is very um, othering and very like tribalistic and makes you sort of turn the first cheek and never mm-hmm. show another cheek ever yep. again. It's like, you're the worst, you're different, but at its core. And when people in charge represent the best qualities of those things, it can, I think be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As like a, um, you know, a guide to life, like a, a what's not metaphor. What's the word I'm looking for? Moral, like a moral, sure, like a moral compass, moral kinda. compass. Yeah. I mean, by and large, like it's it's a pretty good thing to to follow, you know. And in itself, the practice of it is uh, good, I think. But mm-hmm. a lot of it is, you know, skewed by the politics and the 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 whole bag of worms that organized religion brings. Sure, with, you sure. Know? Was this movie? I mean, I've read a little bit about people sort of um, kind of balancing out with like like the heavy stuff you've talked about with some comedic stuff. Like, is they is there did. lightheartedness? There definitely. Oh yeah. They, this movie ends on almost like a, a, a buddy comedy oh, type scene. That's nice. Yeah. Um, timeline. How long does this story last? Uh, it covers quite a while. Yeah. Like I mean, years? We're, we're, oh, yeah. Decades. Oh, wow. Well, because, I mean, it also is kind of a retrospective. It's covering, you know, Pope Francis's early life in Argentina and coming. Oh, up sure. To, so it covers a lot about the background and as well as actual story and their relationship it covers at least a decade wow okay yeah. great yeah yeah so it's like the irishman but the the catholic man yeah it's not the irish guys. catholic man. the irish catholic man yeah uh, okay. so yeah so uh let's get to a couple of core questions here uh i think i have three but i can only think of two right now all right uh, so you, you have two do you recommend this to people oh I, here it is where can people watch this do you recommend that they watch it and what do you give it out of 10 yeah i would recommend it to people i think uh if i liked it you'll like it because i usually don't like things like this mm-hmm. uh, i think it was a good story and it was well acted and like i said before these two gentlemen uh have an amazing presence on screen and quite frankly anthony hopkins isn't getting any younger i think we need to enjoy him in all the movies that yeah, we can yeah yeah so, yes, I would recommend it. I liked the story, and this movie left me with a good feeling, which is more than I expected. It is exclusively streaming on Netflix, Okay, so you can watch it there. Uh, and out of 10, I'm going to give this a like a 6.2. A 6.2. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's keeping it from being higher? Uh, it's good. It's not great. It's kind of like... Um, this story is going to mean a lot more, and this movie might mean more to other people than it did to me. It entertained me. Uh-huh. Uh, they were good acting roles, but at the end of the day, I simply didn't care that much. Okay. Like, they they got a Pope that wasn't a total dick. Yeah. Cool. We're, we're working our way up. Yeah. Like, you know? good, like good for you guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it feels, it's good to see, but like. Yeah, in the end, it's like if you weren't subscribing to that religion in the first place, you wouldn't have had to deal with all this crappy stuff to begin right. with. So there's sure, yeah. So it's shaded by a lot of personal opinion, but yeah, it's you might enjoy it more than me. Other people might. I think it's a good movie. It's well done. It's entertaining. But yeah, for me, it's a six two. Sweet. Well, it is on Netflix. Like Johnny said, it runs two hours and fifteen minutes. It is PG thirteen. I don't know if you have kids. If you do, consider everything we've just said. Um, the fact that it was up for several Oscars might mean more to you than it does to us. I don't know. Check yeah. it out. 
Um, I am certainly going to watch it. I appreciate your insight, my friend. I think if you take your kids to church, you should let them watch this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk about Pain and Glory. Again, no spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. Johnny hasn't seen it either, so I'm not going to spoil it for him. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But I really think it's a good movie, so please do stick around. No ha sido un buen hijo, hijo mío. No. No. ¿Qué haces aquí? Tengo que hablar contigo. 32 años me ha costado reconciliarme con esta película. Si no escribes ni ruedas, ¿qué vas a hacer? Vivir, supongo. Ten cuidado conmigo, eh. Tú eres muy novelero. Estoy con Salvador Mayo. Si tú ves algo raro, me llamas. Aquí todo es raro. ¿Nos conocemos? Sí. Me gustaría ser un hombre para bañarme en el río desnuda. ¿Y qué es? ¿Drama o comedia? Pues no lo sé. Eso, eso no se sabe. Okay, a trailer for a movie that I have seen and you have not. Correct. Though one that you've heard of. We've both been to the baño and now we're back from our siesta. Fair. Um, so that was, yeah, a trailer for Pain and Glory a film starring Antonio Banderas, directed by Pedro Almodovar. I've never seen his other stuff, but I've heard really great things. And I will say that if they are anything like this movie, uh, I'm going to watch them as quickly as I can. This is a movie that's not available necessarily for free anywhere that I know, but I uh, rented it on, uh, I think, Amazon Okay, for like seven bucks or something. Uh, it was well worth it. It runs just under two hours. Um, again, starring Antonio Banderas, uh, Penelope Cruz, and others, though I will say those are the two kind of main main actors that you would probably recognize. Beautiful. All right. You've had four loco and a half. Sure, yeah. It's time for a game that we haven't played in a very long time. Ooh, I love this game. Hang on. Oh, you can't. Give you can't me wait. Sure. this movie sure. in 30 seconds. Can you give me five? I won't think. I'm just going to try to get it. He's chugging four loco. All right. Pain and Glory in 30 Seconds by Max Minardi, starting now. Okay, so Antonio Banderas plays a guy named Salvador. He is uh, about 50-something, 60 years old. He used to write plays, write movies. Um, and he is now kind of reckoning with the fact that he is getting older. He's been in chronic pain. and He's approaching the kind of twilight years of his life. And he's reckoning with all of his decisions earlier in life regarding love and family um, and creativity and what it means to kind of be dying and what your legacy is and, and what that means to be portrayed on screen. And he was nominated for an Academy Award. And I think he did a good job. Time. Nice. Doing that last nugget for fun. All right. So this movie sounds uh, introspective, possibly retrospective. Oh, um, for sure. Very contemplative. Right. I mean, like this is this is a category back to the Oscar stuff. Like I didn't vote in because the lead actors were Antonio Banderas, uh, DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time, Adam Driver, who I loved, Joaquin Phoenix, who I liked but didn't love, and Jonathan Price, who I hadn't seen. Um, and I didn't vote because I hadn't seen two two of those movies. But I had heard amazing things about Antonio Banderas in this. And I was really holding, like I rented this movie um, maybe two weeks ago. Okay. 
Um, and I didn't have a chance to watch it when you rent a movie on Amazon. It's like, you have uh, 30 days to watch this movie. And then once you start it, two days to finish it kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, well, I know I want to watch it in one sitting. Um, and I know I have to be in the right mindset because it's not like a happy-go-lucky type movie. It's a movie about a guy who is who is trying to deal with the idea that he is dying, in a sense, um, and what he's leaving behind, which is my kind of movie. Like That's important. I think that's sort of uh, transcendent type uh ideas and yeah, ideas for sure. Yeah. yeah. These are things you want to see portrayed and you find interesting. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have any kids in this movie. He's not married or anything like that. He, so his, his legacy in his brain is sort of, um, his body of work, which has been basically movies that he's written. That's going to be this podcast for me. Fair. Yeah. We're going to keep the subscription running. We'll make our children do it if we ever have this. Um, and I saw it this morning, so I'm, I'm still kind of processing, but some stuff that stuck out to me was, was, was Antonio Banderas first and foremost. He's so good. Like, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of his, like, I can't really name that many of his movies. Certainly growing up, it was like the dad in spy kids oh, or, wow. or like 13th warrior, like 13th warrior desperado, desperado, like not the most dramatically demanding movies. Yeah. And here he's just, he's transcendent and so good. And like, so realized as a, as a character and as a human, like, I fully bought into the idea that this is a real person. Nice. Which I feel like is really high praise for a character. I'm mm-hmm. especially in a movie under two hours. I believed that the Pope was real. Fair enough. Like he, again, he looks just hours. like him. Um, and the Pope is real for what it's worth. What? That's a real person. Get the fuck um, out of here. But no, he's, he's so good. And, and, and the, the degree to which he is able to manipulate his own, both body language and facial expressions hmm. to sort of portray these minute emotions is just incredible. Um, there are scenes where you just kind of catch a, a little glint or a, or a twitch in his eye that, that speaks at many, many, many words. Hmm. He's wonderful. The other thing was the color, the color palette in this movie. I was going to ask you about that. Those trail, that trailer looked gorgeous. Yeah. I should point out too. Most of you probably don't speak Spanish, but if you do, that was probably very insightful. If not, maybe you got the vibe mm-hmm. from it. Um, I saw this great, uh, post on some blog a few weeks back about like the Oscar nominated best picture color palettes, like marriage story was in there in 1917. They were like, uh, it would be like a screenshot from the movie. And then along the bottom of the panel, like 15 different colors that made up the frame, Mm. which is really cool. to like kind of like color theory is a really interesting thing to me, like what colors mean and why people use them. Mm -hmm. Um, and watching this movie, you get a pretty wide scope of them but ones that stick out are like really bright reds uh cool blues bright oranges um and and i think on a second viewing it's going to glean a lot of knowledge towards me about like people's mindsets or how they fit into the story in general Hmm. and i would say that this is a movie that is like not the most um uh exciting Hmm. maybe but it visually stunning if you're not in it for sort of the the emotional ride, which I don't know how you wouldn't be, but at first maybe it's a bit slow. You're you're drawn in visually, and and even just the framing of the shots are great. Like there'll be a tiny little like candlestick holder that's all red that contrasts with something on somebody's shirt, and it's like it pulls the image together in such hmm. an incredible way. I haven't seen that all year. Um, just hearing you talk like this makes me think about where we've been in this podcast Mm. and like how we've progressed is just like how we watch movies. And do you feel like watching so many movies that are not well put together or maybe not visually or aesthetically or emotionally or thematically pleasing? Mm -hmm. um, Do you feel like 
I mean, I think the answer, I know the answer, but sure. do you feel yeah, like for our having having such a, a broader base and a well-recorded base, do you think that leads to your appreciation of a movie like this being greater? In our earlier days, we would say things like, you shouldn't like you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to know or understand all these background things to appreciate a movie. Like you shouldn't have to know the work that goes into it to like you should be able to watch a movie as a as an as an average audience and like it. We and would if, say things like that. Sure, okay. we both said yeah, that. I believe and, that, but I don't agree with it anymore. Maybe I did at one point, but but I think in the same way that by understanding what's happening in jazz music, you can appreciate it and even enjoy it more. Like to know the work that goes into a craft. And to be able to see it more and more so, to be able to appreciate that, I, I don't think that diminishes your appreciation of it. I think that enhances it. Yeah, I think uh, we have transcended beyond average movie watchers. Yeah, uh, for a lot of reasons, just because of time put in and research and mm-hmm. studying and and trying to absorb the craft. But I think I think that statement still kind of holds true that you shouldn't have to know, but I think you can still appreciate. You know what I mean? Like an average person will yeah. be like that movie was awesome and I don't know why. Right. So my, my pushback is when people are like, I hated that movie. Like, um, what's a good, let me look, <laughs> let me look at this list. Um, so if somebody watched like 1917 was like, yeah, I don't care to be able to be like, well, like if you look at the cinematography, like the work it took to make it look like one shot mm-hmm. makes me like that movie more. And I think, I think that's a valid reason to like it. Exactly. It's attention to the detail. Yeah. And, and I think the average person maybe would, and that's a pretty, pretty big example, but I think like the color in this movie is a great example. Like mm. most people, most average quote unquote movie watchers maybe wouldn't pick up on that, mm. but I don't think that like, I think my reasoning for it still being a good movie, uh, negates theirs. Like just cause you didn't get it doesn't make it as good. Like, I don't think I should hold it to your standard. I think you should hold it to the standard of the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, and that's a subjective thing to hold it to because it's based on your knowledge of the craft. Right. And I, I think that movies like any other art form, be it painting or music or any number of things, like the more effort you put into understanding it, the more it'll give back to yeah, you. The more you know about something, the more you appreciate it. Yeah. I haven't seen Bad Boys. I'm sure it's fine, but I know probably what it is. I appreciate you way more than when I first met you. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm you know like what I mean? Fine piece of art. Exactly. You're like a, a, <laughs> um, a beautiful film. Who did I just talk to about this? Uh, it might have been, it was probably you, realistically. <laughs> who else do I talk to this long about movies? But like the idea that a, a good popcorn movie, what did we watch last week? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? It was, it was a new movie. It was, oh, it was uh, Guy Gentleman. Ritchie, The Gentleman. Like, granted, that's not the best example because there are some complex things going on in that movie. Um, but take a movie like Guy Ritchie's other, King Arthur. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that movie. I don't think there's a whole lot of substance, first of all. Or, do you know what is good as Transformers? Not a complex movie in any, in any sense of the word. Mm-hmm. But you can enjoy that movie. And I liked a lot of the Transformers movies. Like Bumblebee. Bumblebee was so good. Bumblebee was so good. And that's a really good example. Like you, you don't have to understand the craft of filmmaking or lighting or colorists or like anything uh, beyond surface. It's a great popcorn movie. It's novels versus comic books. They're both words on paper. Some comic artist is going to get so mad. No, but I mean, comics have art, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like Dr. Seuss versus Stephen King. I love Dr. Seuss. Yeah. 
They're both. I mean, like, I actually think Doctor Seuss has a lot of depth. There's just layers to it. There's yeah. layers to everything. Yeah, you know. There's, uh, but I think the idea that you would have to, um, like, the, the the deeper layers would have to be obvious to somebody, mm. and therefore, if they are not, makes the movie worse. Is just a is a dumb dumb idea. Yeah, and, and well, and there's 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 a difference between not liking a movie because it was unenjoyable and not liking a movie because you don't understand it. Yeah. There's been movies that I have not liked that I didn't understand that I have gone back, you know, and watched. Yeah. I know I'm, you keep holding me to it. Uh, I want to rewatch do it. Arrival. You're going to love it. I don't, you're going to love it. I don't know about La La Land. That's more specific, but you're going to love Arrival. For sure. I really think you will. But I'll bet you two, four locals. And even just like uh, some of the Star Wars movies that I've gone back and rewatched recently. Right. I appreciate them a lot more than I did the first time because I just have this new lens. It's like anything, man. It's just, it's life experience and it's knowledge compiled and you're just looking at things through a different lens that's tinted by your life experience. That's really all it is. And we just happen to spend way more of our life experience on this shit than most people. And yeah, we've got the time. So like it's good for us to do it, and I think we we fulfill that niche when a lot of people don't have the time. Yeah, yeah. I I read somebody's review uh, in a in a film uh, Facebook group that I'm in that like wrote a review of Marriage Story, and you still have not seen it, right? No. Okay. Um. Well, let me. It's not really a spoiler. No, they get divorced at the end. It's a divorce movie. It's a divorce movie. Come on. But this guy sets up his review by being like, uh, he doesn't like the movie number one, which is already the reasons he was not liking it are wrong. He's like, it's too, it's too, what he said was basically Noah Baumbach sets up the movie for Adam driver to be the protagonist and Scarlett Johansson to be the antagonist. And I was already like, you're missing it. That's not the movie. Like the idea that you would set these two people opposed to each other is missing the entire point of the movie. Um, and I, that's the one time where I'm like in the scenario you're describing, like, you need context. It's not necessarily just watching the movie with a bucket of popcorn. Like you, you should do a little bit of digging, especially if there's a movie that like people you respect are like, this is good. And you're just like, fuck that movie. Like dig a little bit deeper, challenge yourself. If that's what it takes. Um, somebody, you know, sometimes it's as simple as, um, you actually have to think about things you're watching. Uh, a lot of time, you know, they, the, that's kind of like at its core, the main difference between a popcorn movie and like a film, let's say. Like, I have or, such a hard time with that. Well, like whatever, you know, a, like a maybe art house movie, a better movie, sure. a popcorn movie and a like a, and an art house movie. and an art house movie sure. or something that's more like critically acclaimed is the fact that like th- what's happening in front of you is not necessarily to be taken at face value there's metaphor you have to incorporate uh, a broader scope of thought like what could this mean like what is this story being told Mm -hmm. you know you have to absorb it and process it and look at it through a lens that is broad sure whereas like a popcorn movie or like Hobbs and Shaw Sure. You look at through a straw. It's a very small scope of reality. Like what is happening on the screen is what's happening. It's real. And this is all that's happening. There's no other depth to it other than maybe an inside joke from earlier in the movie. So like at its core, I think, and I might've just stumbled upon the truest fact ever that like, that's the difference between a good movie and a popcorn movie. But I feel like you're even contradicting yourself there a little bit. Like is you can have a popcorn movie that is good. It's kind of what I was saying last week about about the hust- or the hustlers, the gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying that I prefer movies, or at least when it comes to digesting a movie over a long timeline. Like I really enjoy a movie that says something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and a Hobbs and Shaw is something that I will eat 
up in a movie theater. I like Tops and Shaw. Me too. I, I ate so many milk duds, so much popcorn, like right. drank down a, a two gallon thing of soda. It's awesome. But then like I haven't I haven't considered the repercussions of Hobbs and Shaw in the real world. Yeah. Ever. Nor do I think you should. But I think it's a good movie. Or Mission Impossible, like the fifth one with uh guy. What's his name? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Like good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does not hold a candle to Last Black Man in San Francisco or yeah. Marriage Story, like any of these movies that were in my top ten this year or last year or the year before. Like you can have a good movie. But I think um, the the differentiation comes between personal taste when it comes to a lasting impact of what movies can be. Mm-hmm. Like almost even Threat Level Midnight, just pointing to posters in the room. Like like No Country for Old Men is one that makes you sit and like consider what it means to live Dude, and like Mids- consequences of your actions and all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Midsummer had me fucked up. Midsummer like a, a great one for like a week. Uh, yeah. And like, even still, I haven't had the balls to watch that movie yeah, again. I've seen it twice. I think I've only seen it once and it was yeah. my number one movie right, of 2019. Right. There's something to be said for but, that too. Like, or Jojo rabbit, even like my qualms with that, notwithstanding, but like the idea that you would even make a movie about the horrors of the Holocaust wrapped up in kind of a humorous satire. You think about that premise when you leave that movie. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. I want you to rewatch that movie because I watched it for the second time and I paid attention to so many. Where did you see it? What's that? Where did you see it? At home. Oh, did you stream it? Yeah. Is it available for legal streaming? Uh, Not yet. Yeah, okay. I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. Soon. That's why, yeah. yeah that. soon. It's coming out on DVD uh, the 17th of this month. Bruh, if you, you can, at this point, like I feel like, what are movies that I've told you you have to watch this year? Uh, Parasite? Parasite, Lighthouse. Marriage Story. Marriage Story. Uh, More probably. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I will for sure revisit any any movie you tell me to, if you were really caping for the Irishman, I'd I'd watch that. But I'm you not. don't. You're not. I'm not. I'm yeah. not caping that hard. It's no, I I would say like when it comes out, that's one of those movies like we're gonna buy for the podcast. Like, not the Irishman. No, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, like, for you'll sure. have a copy, and I'll get the. I would. Lo- that poster you know is so cool. I'd love that poster right there. Yeah. Let's get three more posters in here. We can fit three more. Hell yeah, that's it though. I think I like Four Loco and a Half Max. Yeah, it's like let's get some more fucking posters. Well, you've been talking about it for a minute. I have like you want. I want a. You said I want my I, own poster. I want a Midsummer poster bad. Yeah, buy it, man. Yeah, I will you put it on the card. We got yep. it. Anyways, we have to talk about Pain and Glory. Yeah, because You're Pain right. and Glory. Uh, after what we've just talked about and the avenues we've been down, it sounds to me to bring it back all together that this is more of a film slash thinker like not thinker but like a, like a, an art house movie yeah let's like, get let's get film out of the dialogue for this okay. kind of thing so like because because Hobbs and Shaw is a film they're it's all a, films it's a popcorn movie yeah so it's like maybe like a popcorn movie versus an art house movie mm-hmm. um and yeah this is much more but art houses sell popcorn man <laughs> nah mind blown know, bro <laughs> oh uncut gems you gotta watch again <laughs> it's really good <laughs> um did you see Adam Sandler's speech, by the way, at the uh, the uh, Independent Spirit Awards? Something about give all these douchebags their awards. So fun. No, he was saying that about something else. Oh. I think. It was really funny. All right. Send um, me a link. I will. So, yes. Pain and Glory. Yes. Being a an art house film. Much more arty. Yeah. Do you think this is something that, um, let's say, an average moviegoer would find accessible? I guess I'll come back to my color theory about this. Like it's, it's, that, it's bro, pretty don't need slow. to bring race into this. It's pretty slow, but um, it's visually very stunning and very engaging. I found myself at, at times like, where's this movie? Cause there are like, like you mentioned, like a lot of time jumps. I think that might've been off air actually. Um, but it's hard at first to latch on to sort of the linear plot of this movie. 
But what carries you along is the beautiful set design and the colors. And just, I mean, even Aunt, uh, Antonio Banderas' charisma keep, kept me going. Um, but no, I think I think this is certainly more accessible, which is I think the word maybe we're looking for is like, is it accessible to the average person? It's the word I used. Did you? Yep. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I know. I said it. Uh, it's accessible to most people. Oh, Max, you're fucking drunk. It's certainly easier if you speak Spanish. Um, word. Spain Spanish is pretty quick compared to Mexico Spanish. Yeah. So to some extent, you got to keep up with the subtitles. If that's something that you factor into your foreign language films, uh, maybe brush up on your Spain Spanish. But other than that, or you're reading, you know, uh, but I think it's, I think it's worth the time. Even if I, I'd love to watch it again. Did it f- feel long? How long was this movie? It was uh it was an hour and 53 minutes. Okay. Uh, it felt long because my stupid internet went out mm. about 10 minutes before the end, That'll which was, it. was the worst. It was finally like I was in the groove. Um, but it was, it was about right. It's, it's only made about 40, uh, 40 million worldwide. Um, almost none of that in America because it went to America because it went to, uh, uh, Spain. Yeah, I think it actually premiered in Argentina. Am I shopping? Uh, I other Argentina. places where they speak Spanish. It makes yeah, sense, sure. right? Uh, definitely premiered in Spain, but then made it basically around the world and then came to streaming services in America. All right, there's a painful lack of glory that's happening right now. I'll take that transition. I'm going to need to ask you the sure. three questions you asked me. Go ahead. We're going to wrap this segment up. Sounds good. All right, where can we watch it? What was the second one? What, would, you, would you recommend it? Did you like it? Would you recommend was, it? Would you recommend right. it? Yeah. All right. Where can we watch it? Sure. Would you like it? Would you recommend it? And what do you give it out of 10? Okay. Available for rent for sure on Amazon. I assume it'll go to other places in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Um, but definitely on Amazon. Rent it for like, I think it was like four or five bucks, maybe okay. seven. Uh, but I think it's gone down. Uh, definitely watch it. Um, if you're a person that appreciates uh, more art house adjacent films, certainly watch it. If you're looking for something that feels cathartic and uh, genuine, check it out. Nice. Definitely. Rating wise. Yeah. It's tricky, man, because now I've like crammed in a couple movies from 2019 that are like trying to make my list. And I'm like, do, do, do I have room for them? And this one I have to make room for. It's so good. It's got to be like a nine. Wow. Like upwards of a nine. Really? Yeah. It's really good. I'm going to give it a solid nine. Wow. So that's cracking your top five probably. I've, I've got a lot of nines in my well, top five. It might be, it's definitely top 10. I'm not sure about top five. Okay. But, uh, but definitely top 10. All right. Well then, uh, I'm going to, it's so good. I'm going to hit you up for a modified version of your list in the future. I had to expand to, my list to top 20. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to see how this falls, but that's a story for another episode Fair. during another week, during another time, during another state of consciousness. Johnny Summers, what do we have coming up next on the show? So after the break, we're going to cover our second and final beer, which is double chocolate fudge coconut brownie from Great Notion Brewing. And we're also going to talk about our hots, our bothered, and maybe some flick picks. Uh, stick around. There's nothing to spoil. So uh, you'll be fine. We'll be right back. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Welcome to that thing that Johnny just sang into your lovely little ear holes that I hope you have earwhacked. Don't, sec- don't sexualize ear Don't holes. sexualize it. You just use Q-tips. You got lovely. It's hygienic. You got lovely little ear yeah. holes, don't you, baby? Uh, so, Johnny, uh, hot and bothered or beer? What do you want to do first? Uh, let's do hot and bothered. Let's let's uh, address that we did not do flick picks earlier. Yeah, we did not. Why not? Because we have been absorbed with the Oscars, and also 
we both did contrasting movies that the other had not seen. Yes. So like those both maybe would have been our flick picks, but instead they were actually covered on the show. Yep. Uh, I do in fact have a flick pick, uh, and that is the documentary for Sama. Uh, and I will not get too much into it simply for the fact that we will be covering that next week in some capacity. Max is going to watch it yep. and we're going to sit down and have a bit of a chat about that along with another movie that's coming out that we have yet to be determined. But if people want to watch it, where can they watch For Sama? Between now and then. On the internet. Where on the internet? I don't know. Is look, it not? Oh, look I, for it. I know. It's because you asked me. It's on PBS.org. There you go. You can watch it there. Uh, maybe don't do it on your phone. It seems like a movie that is. Uh, no, sit down. In watch your house it on your TV. Or on a computer would probably be okay. But TV is ideal. Um, one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Um, it's a documentary. It is a documentary. And. Uh, you should Google it. You should check it out. Give me a 30-second synopsis starting, uh, wait, starting now. So the 30-second synopsis of Frisama. You are smack dab in the middle of a rebellion slash cultural uprising slash governmental systematic bombing of a city in Syria called Aleppo, where our documentarian journalist uh, is working at a hospital with her... Uh, now husband, and they had a baby. It's named Sama, and the movie is for her through war. Okay, great. Uh, and a lot of people have said this is the most comprehensive look at a woman's perspective of war. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it's it's fascinating, dude. It's one of the most breathtaking, stressful, uh, emotionally moving things that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, there was a steady stream of warm, salty liquid coming from my face oh. for a plethora of reasons during this film. Semen. Um, <laughs> obviously. Sorry. Semen. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so an, an easy watch. Uh, it's not no. lighthearted. And yeah. uh, it's one of those movies. I didn't really know how to go about my day the rest of the day, uh. but it makes you think about things that quite frankly you should think about Sure, because this happened not that long ago and we're going to cover yeah. all this next right. week. So yeah, that's um, tune in next week. Yeah. Tune in next week and I'll get way into it, but it's really fresh. Like I just yeah. watched it and it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things you'll never forget. It's like, uh, the most personalized firsthand view of someone's own government bombing them. Uh, um, yeah. And they like targeted hospitals that's so fucked and, up, and man. The man. Come on. That, and the man that she fell in love with was a doctor. Of course he was. So and they wouldn't leave. They could have left. They didn't leave. Like they stayed there. Um they helped they had something in a twenty day period, they had something like six thousand patients. Uh it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So yeah, it's not a lighthearted movie, but it's something that you should watch because it's a story I think that needs to get told. And I sure. think the more people that watch it, um, get uh, exposed to that story and, and realize that things like that are happening in the world uh, while we are complaining about such trivial things. Like As it's having a drink too, we're lucky. Yeah, dude, no, it's one, of, yeah, it's one right. of the most perspective shattering pieces of film that I've ever watched. And like, I don't think, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Like sure. we'll get way into it next week. Yeah. If, um, if, if you have thoughts on it, it's, it's available for streaming on pbs.org at the very least. Yeah. Um, it was also nominated for an Academy Award. Um, it's one of two films about uh, the Syrian conflict. Check it out. If you have thoughts, please let us know. We like, we like emails. We like voice memos sent via email. We also just like comments and tweets and 
Instagram comments and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very excited. It's not the right word, but I'm very. Um, you can be excited. Yeah, I, I, I. It seems like a very um, eye-opening look into kind of this conflict that I haven't seen before. Yeah, like we covered American Factory, the documentary that did win the Academy Award, and I thought it was good. It was well made, and um, it's just it's. It's not the same caliber as, you know, people getting bombed. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be hard to watch. But if you get a chance to watch Forsama, let us know mm. before uh, next Monday night. Yeah. The, uh, whatever that day is. I'm not yeah. sure. if It doesn't yet. matter. Yeah. It will stick with you. Yeah. It's, it's stuck with me and I cannot wait to talk about it with you. Yeah. Uh, me too. Stoked to watch it. Hell yeah. So that, uh, that's my flick pick. Yeah. You're good on flick picks. Yeah. I, I was going to try to talk about... Um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood with Tom Hanks, but I didn't, my stupid internet went out mm. and I couldn't quite finish it though. I will say Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers, though the movie is not about him per se is very good. Okay. And the movie is worth watching. All right. Um, well. Both of us had kind of um, hesitations about kind of revisiting that world after the documentary. Mm-hmm. But I think if you had hesitations like we did check it out, it's not exactly what I expected. Okay. But beer. Is I think where we have to head. Oh, we were gonna do the hots and the bottles. Sure, we were. Whatever. I don't I, care. Let's do, do beer. You don't want a beer before you go into your hot and bothered. I've been drinking beer. Let's do this. <laughs> Me too. We've been drinking call? that loco. Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, whatever you want to do. You take okay. take the reins. I'm gonna introduce this beer, but first, give all the ladies and gentlemen out there listening an update on your four loco experience. Okay. How's so, it going? So, well, why don't you tell the two people once again? The two people, <laughs> the all the people, the f- the two flavors that you picked out. So the first one that you drank before the show was sour blue raz, sour blue raz, and then R A Z Z, which is already like all right. And the one that you're currently consuming is just simply called gold, which is a uh, yeah. It's kind of a, a red bull. Type it is. Flavor. It, it's happened to me before where I've had the the gold, and it does taste kind of like almost yeah, like red bully or like Mountain Dew sort of. Um, this weird sugary caffeine kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I don't know. You're what, done. How many, how much do you think that is? That's three ounces. Got three ounces of 40. Yeah. Left. 50. 50. 50. Um, and I'm not feeling great. You, you know, you drank more than a 40 of four loco. I don't know that this has been done by anybody above the age of 17 before. Oh, it has. Have you seen the internet? It's no. a thing. Uh, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. All right. I did, I mean, again, like many, many alcohols in this, but I, I ate a full meal. I'm very passionate about the movies and beers that we've talked about today, so I'm I'm holding in there, but it's not the most pleasant podcasting experience I've ever had. That's fair. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. All right. Well, what are well, you drinking? Well, I'm drinking a Bud Light seltzer. No, I'm sorry. I was going for transition. What are you What are you oh, drinking? While I introduce the there next is, beer, yeah. Max is going to finish his Four loco sure. and be done with it for sure. a while. Sure. That means... I'm on it. I'm just just start talking. Come on. You can do it. I'm going to do it. I have faith in you. Speak. All right. So the next beer, second and final, besides Max's Four Loco, is going to be a beer from Great Notion Brewing out of Portland, Oregon, called Double Fudge Coconut Brownie. It's an imperial stout with chocolate and, you guessed it, coconut. Very good. You guys are astute. You're listening. I'm proud of you. It's 11.5% ABV. And this comes, like I said, from Great Notion in Portland, Oregon. We've had this beer once before. Um, I'm not sure if you were more or less drunk the first time we had it. I was. So we we had this probably like two hours into our event. Sure. 
Because we opened this before the banana. Oh, yeah. Uh, but after the eclipse, I think. And you already promised there was no more shout outs for this. So we might not even talk about when we drank it. I don't know. I don't remember. You said you're getting one more shout out. Patreon oh, yeah. people. All you people that showed that's up it. to the so event. That's, that's where we drank it. Yeah. But it's very good. Yeah. Continue. It's quite nice. So the spear is, it's not barrel aged, so you're going to get, it's it's a little thinner than I would like, but I mean, what are you going to do? What's the ABV? 11.5. 11.5. Yep. Have you tried it? Just just a couple weeks ago. But not tonight. Nope. All right. So I'm getting a ton of almost like a chocolate cake batter or like a, like a really chewy brownie. You know that, like that pan where the crust. Yeah. Like all- you bite the crunchy crust Ooh. and then you're like gooey on the middle. Bro, is there anything better than the corner piece of like a pan brownie? Have you seen uh, that sort of silicone baking tray on Amazon where it's, it makes only corner piece brownies? No, but that's It's amazing. the best. Oh my God. Because like nobody wants the middle part. I like the middle part, but it's yeah. not as good. No. Like, I mean, I'll eat it. But... I think you need the crunch. Oh, the crunch is critical. Yeah. That's why I like uh, nuts in my brownies. Oh, nice. I like a, oh, a walnut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like a walnut in my brownie. Yeah. What else would it be? Uh, maybe like almond. a shaved almond. Like, you don't like want nice almonds thin... in your brownies. I think an almond brownie would be nice if you introduced maybe some like uh, like uh, vanilla extract. Give it like a nice like okay. a, like an amaretto brownie almost. Okay, sure. I think yeah. that'd be right. quite nice. But walnuts still are bad. Pecans. You could do like a candy yeah. pecan yep. brownie. Yep, that's true. So I mean, you'd not peanuts. But this no, no peanuts. No. But this is better than all of those. Yes. Um. Yes. No, I like it. You definitely get that note of like just pan, crusty, gooey. Oh, it's like, crusty like for just sure. Gooey. Yeah. Ju- just chewy. It's oveny. Oveny. I like that. This beer's oveny. It is oveny. It is oveny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. crispy. It's it's a um it's flaky. It's it's warm. It's toasty. Um, and you're trying it again. Um Drunk Eleven and a distra- half. Drunk Max. Drunk Max. Drunk Johnny. Come on, man. <laughs> Drunk Max. Drunk Max. Thing. <laughs> Does it taste? Two questions. Does it taste eleven and a half? And what would you change, if anything? It w- it doesn't taste eleven and a half, and I think I would make it um, actually a hair sweeter. I would like a bit more um, sweetness, like a little bit, like almost more milk chocolatey. This is very like dark yeah, chocolatey, like baking very chocolate. Better. It's a little bitter. I would love for this beer to be a bit more sweet. All right. What about you? Is there anything you would change? You is know, it good? It's, is it it's, bad? It's very bubbly. Um, And we've had this out for, what do you think, like an hour and a half? Several hours. I don't know about several. A lifetime. That's four of a... or more. No, it's not. Several, several? Several is two. No. Yep. One is one. A couple is two. A few is three. Several is four. Mm. A quintuple is five. We've had this out for two hours, a couple hours. Sure, um, it's it's a bit it's a bit bubbly for me. It's like bubbly. I want it to kind of mellow out and be, drink more like a syrup. Mm, but it's exactly. very it's very uh, it's but very bubbly. That's like you. I mean, we're kind of preconditioned to expect beers from these guys to be a bit syrupy, i.e., uh, double stack, double stack. Yeah, the syrup beer. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Made to taste like and feel like syrup. Yeah, I don't know, man. It. Um, yeah, it was better. It's the same batch, right? From, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It was better the other night, but I, so was I. So yeah. what are you do? <laughs> it's fair. Um, it's still a great beer. It's a great beer. It's just not as sweet as I would like it. I yeah. think the the browniness 
could have been amplified by adding, like I said, some like maybe some sugar and vanilla. Cause yeah, uh, I would kill for some vanilla. It'd be way better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I don't think this beer really meets the expectations of the name, honestly. Like, okay. Well, well, where'd you get it? How much was it? Mm-hmm. I, uh, mm-hmm. I got it from uh, our good friend, Nick Land. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, for free, probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just gave us a can of this for the show. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I can't really recall. Well, what would you want to pay for this? Uh, Six bucks. Oh, that's pretty low. Because, like, this one was eight. Our first Seven. beer was eight. Seven. Se- but with tax, you know? It was like eight twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it's good. It's not great. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. Not great. No, it's good. For me, the spear is like a solid six, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Same, actually. I'm going to give it a seven because I enjoyed it so much the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I think without the two, four locos, the eight loco, I would probably enjoy it more. But it's uh, it's it's uh, very tame. Speaking tonight. of locos, did you finish all yours? Why do you ask that rhetorically? You know I did. I did. I don't want the audience members to know. Yes, audience, I finished them, and I don't feel great. But right. I feel okay. Fifty ounces, eight loco. Oh my goodness! All right, so let's wrap this sucker up. Sure. Double fudge coconut brownie. It's a six eight for me, a seven for Max. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering Fasama and another unnamed film. Do you know how Hot and Bothered? Oh, I thought we weren't doing that. <laughs> I'm fine. No, we're not doing Fasama. We're doing Hot and Bothered. Oh, okay. Do you have Hot? Mm-mm. Do you have Bothered? Nope. Do you? <laughs> Dude, it's so late in the episode. It's so late in the episode. Nobody cares. Let's just call it. Yeah, I think we need to cut you loose and get you some snacks. Yeah, just give us money on Patreon. <laughs> That's that the feels spirit. Good. Yep. Yeah. Max needs more money for Four Locos. Uh, I need more money to... Talk about my sister. Uh, with you know, she wouldn't be possible without. She wouldn't be possible. <laughs> she wouldn't be possible without this podcast. Sure. So, uh, and also, that's fine. Shout out to Bailey Minardi, expert orange blender. On that note, oh respect. I'm Johnny Summers. I'm Max Minardi. This has been another four loco fueled adventure with your pals at Fresh Hop Cinema. We will see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.